This is the Love Fly podcast. Paul Tizard, Fear Flying Coach and Love Fly co-founder. Welcome. So welcome to this week's episode of Love Fly, Fear of Flying. And today's guest is Lindsay, whose your name on Instagram is Life of Lindsay. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, the life. yeah, yeah. And, and I've been dying to get Lindsay on for a while since she came forward and offered because she looks like she's got a really interesting story. So without further ado, welcome, Lindsay, and uh, hope you enjoy your episode. I know you're, you, you do follow the other podcasts, don't you? So. I do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I listen to the podcast regularly. I love the the community episodes more than any mm. of the episodes. They're all great. And I love all the advice from all the pilots and everything as well. But hearing from other people who feel the same and people that are also in the group that we connect with all the time, they're, they're just the best for me. So hoping I can give something back to at least one person. Well, definitely. I think you've got quite an intriguing profile because Life of Lindsay, when I've looked at that on Instagram, you've got lots of exotic pictures going on. So I'm thinking, why is she listening to the podcast? She's all over the place. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm intrigued to know what, what the kind of the story is here. Yeah. So yes, all over the place, mentally and physically, I think is quite appropriate. <laughs> so my story, I guess we'll start at the beginning. I didn't really fly much as a child. Our holidays were very much caravan, local, UK-based holidays. The first time I flew, I think I was, uh, I think I was 15 and we flew right. to Dubai. Mm-hmm. So um, for those that don't know, I live in Dubai currently, but I'm from the UK. So we used to have family friends that lived out here. So we used to visit quite often. And I was lucky enough to come when I was 15, which was many, 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 many years ago. Um, and I I wouldn't say I remember a lot about the flight, but I remember bits. So I know that we flew to Malta and then from Malta to Dubai. So it was like a, a couple of flights in one go. I remember being tearful on the way home. Mm. I wouldn't say I remember being scared, but I don't remember being excited or loving it at the same time. So but were you worried about the flight before you took it, you know, when you were thinking not, about it? Not that I remember, no. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if I was nervous or anxious then, or if I remember crying because I was crying leaving because we didn't right. want to come home. Like I'm not yeah. sure what that was, yeah. but that was my first flight experience. Um, and my first trip abroad. And then I flew again when I was probably 18, 19, and I went to Cyprus on a on a friend holiday, but I flew by myself and met my friend there. And I do remember on the way home on that flight, it was quite bumpy. So Cyprus to the UK is what, four hours-ish? Yeah, it's quite so, quick, yeah. Yeah, two or three hours, it was pretty bumpy. And I do remember hating every second of it. Mm. I remember, I don't think I was crying, but I, I was really anxious. I really hated it. I was by myself. It was a night flight. Yes. It was just not very pleasant. So all the um, ingredients there for the beginning of a fear. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful start. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously all was fine. And then I don't think I flew again, maybe for a couple of years. Mm. Um, 
But then I remember that was definitely the point where I was a nervous flyer for sure. I felt like flying. I would be anxious before I flew, Mm. which I don't, I would say it's quite normal for like younger people to maybe feel that way, especially if they've had some bad experiences to start with. So would Um, you still fly even though you were kind of not liking it? Yeah. We didn't fly often. I'd say maybe once a year, like Mm. on a holiday, if that maybe once every couple of years. Mm. But yeah, I would be anxious leading up to it. I wouldn't go into it as much as I do now, which I'll talk about later, but I I definitely was not a fan and it was uncomfortable for sure. But I still always did it because I just thought that's what you do. You you fly places, no one likes it. It's normal. (laughs) That's that. So during that time, I visited Dubai a couple of times more as well. And I really fell in love with the city, the people that were here, like they're like some of the best people in my life, like they're close family friends. And I made the decision that I was going to live there myself. So at that point in my life, I was maybe 21, 22. I didn't go to university, so I don't have a a degree or anything. So the only real way that I could realistically look at moving was if I became Emirates cabin crew, which was just taking, like taking off, great pun. They were really becoming quite a big airline, one of the best airlines, it was like 2007. So they were recruiting like crazy. People were moving over there. It was the life. I was like, okay, well, let's try. Let's see what happens. So I tried and somehow managed to pass all the interview phases. And so got- hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you joined cabin crew as a nervous liar. Yep. Oh, I- this is great. Go on. Yeah, this is going to be a good story. <laughs> And my family were like, you don't like flying. You're crazy. What are you doing? Mm. I, that's how much I wanted to live here. And I was like, mm. I'm going to make it happen no matter what. So I went through the interview process. No problem. Went to like the final stages and they emailed me saying, yep, you got the job. You start in like two months. So that meant moving to Dubai by myself. I was 22, 21, I think, when I moved here the first time. And I remember sitting on the flight over here. I went to hide in the toilet and cried because I was convinced that the plane was going to crash, that yes. um, like everyone on board. So I just, was just to understand the logic. So the toilet <laughs> was safer in some way? There's no <laughs> logic. Okay, that's all right. Just check in in case there was the some sort of hidden secret tip here. Couldn't let anyone know that I was upset and scared because obviously this is my job now. Yeah. So went to hide and did it in secret. Obviously moved here. When you when I moved here to do that, they start the training quite quickly. So it was like arrive one night, you get one day to settle into your apartment. The next day, that's it. You start your training. And yeah, it was, it was intense as well. It's six days a week training, starting with all the health and safety, the SMP stuff. And I loved it. Like I loved being so, here so, I- so this is great by the way so did it help you know because i remember from my own safety training that they show you all the thing when when things have gone wrong in the past they show you the videos they show you all the footage of everything and but then they teach you the lessons but yeah. i always wondered what that'd be like for a nervous flyer watching all of that it's weird when i'm not in the air my brain is like okay there's a video of like a plane crash it's fine I'm not on that plane, so it's okay. Mm. I don't know. For some, somehow, some way, the training sort of cured me. Like, because I obviously learned about all the safety aspects of the plane, yeah, yeah. what 
do a lot of people in the group they talk about like the bing bongs of like the phones and things i know what that noise is so that's never been something mm. that makes me nervous i know what they're doing i remember in particular the survival training so god forbid if there was ever an incident which is very very rare i know statistics blah 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 like it just i just learn everything so mm. now at the time i obviously didn't realize this but now i look back on it and i'm like okay so I was probably nervous of like being completely had no knowledge of aviation, no knowledge of flying. And now I'm the opposite. Like I have all the knowledge and I'm going to do it like every day and everyone around me does it every day. Mm. And I also think like once um, the training was done and we started flying, like, of course there were still moments where like we'd have turbulence and it was like, okay, is this normal? But all the crew felt the same way, like yes. quite standard. But I think also being busy and having to work on the flight, yes. you're too busy to think about like, what's that bump? Or this doesn't feel right. You're, you're too distracted. So I just think doing it more regularly, all the training that I learned, all the knowledge that I acquired, it literally cured me. I was fine. I loved to fly. I loved it. Like, I just loved it so much. Because it sounds like quite a great lifestyle, actually. You know, you move over to Dubai, 21, 22, join an airline. I mean, amazing. And brave, but amazing. It was was amazing. I was incredibly lucky. I didn't stay very long because, like, moving at 21 away from all my family and friends and realising that once you live here, you're not here on holiday anymore. You're living and working. So you don't get to hang out with all the people that you know as much as you did when you're on holiday and stuff. So 21, quite young. I didn't stay for that long because I got really homesick. Mm. So I think I was here about nine months and then I went back to the UK, but it was an incredible experience and I do not regret it at all. It was wonderful. So then we go back to the UK. <laughs> so you left uh, the airline, did you then? Did I you have to leave? Left, yeah. right. left the airline. Um, I didn't work for an airline in the UK. I just, I just went back home and then just got like... Um, uh, I think I worked in finance for a while after that. So normal office job in the city I lived in, mm. completely different lifestyle. And then, yeah, went, went back to normal English life. Flying was then not even an issue. I kept mm. the love of flying. We would fly to Scotland. We would fly abroad. I think I went to America. Not an issue. Completely loved it. There's a however um, coming up, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, the story doesn't keep climbing. <laughs> yeah, so then fast forward to 2019, I was in a bit of a rut, not particularly happy with my life in the UK. I had been through some stuff and I decided to sell everything I owned, including my house, all my personal belongings and go traveling. I was like, I need to see the world. I mm. feel like there's so much to see and I just need a change. Yes. Don't know where it's going to lead me. I'm going to have obviously some money behind me. We'll just keep going until it runs out, basically. Again, flying was still not an issue. So no issue with that. Booked all my like Booked most of my flights for like three months, not even thinking about it. The first place, so I flew from... London to LA, which is like a 11 hour flight. To this day, I still think that's the best flight I've ever had in my life. 
The flight was delayed by two hours, not even phased. Me now, oh my goodness, I would be like, why is it delayed? Why is it, oh, this is not good. Like there's something mm. wrong. Didn't phase me at all. The 11 hours flew by, don't even know what I did, but it was the best flight ever. No bumps, smooth. I think I flew with British Airways, it was really good. And then as my travels progressed, I had a couple of incidents, mm. not serious incidents, but I think those couple of things triggered me and my anxiety started to come back with flying. So, so just so these incidents were non-flying related, I'm, I'm guessing? No, they, they were flying related, like on the right. planes, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know how much detail to go into. Go into it. Yeah, do trigger, it, yeah. Trigger anyone else. So Too scary, I'll let it out. I don't think they're actually that scary. So the first one was when I was flying. I went to Hawaii and I had to fly from one island to the other. So it's a sh super short flight. It's like 20 minutes. So you're on quite a small plane, not like a prop plane, but like probably like a one of the small Airbuses or something. So, so is it general aviation or commercial aviation? So did you have two yeah. pilots? Right, two pilots. Uh, yes, I think there was two pilots, yeah. So we're about to take off. We're taxiing. We're gaining speed on the runway. All of a sudden, the plane slams the brakes on. Mm. Pilot comes on the speaker and he's like, oh, there's, there's a problem. We apologize. We need to go back in. And you probably have to change planes. You're going to be delayed. So everyone's like, oh, for God's sake, like, it's annoying. Fine. So we start taxiing back to the airport. And then he comes on the tannoy again. And to this day, I will never forget the words, exact words that he used. We're going to give it another go. And I was like, sorry, you're going to give it another go. Like, it's a plane. It's not like, you know, turning on the telly that didn't mm. work. Like, mm. it's a plane. Like, what do you mean you're going to give it another go? Anyway, we took off, did the flight. It was fine. I think. Did you ever they, find out what was the problem? Why they? I think it was something to do with a toilet. Maybe a, the toilet wasn't working or something like that's what they. I think that's what the crew told us. But anyway, that so that happened, which I don't think is bad. But in my head, I was like, Yeah, okay, that's, that's quite a dramatic sort of turn of events for a toilet. Yeah. I mean, if it is the only toilet, it probably is a no go item, but. Uh... Well, for a 20 minute flight, maybe it's not that. I don't know. I don't know if it's that. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not. Yeah. No but yeah, so that happened. But I think the thought, I think it's more his wording of how he mm. announced it more than anything that made me think, hang on. Like, yeah. So talk us through what happened then, because that's an it. Because obviously someone says whatever they say. And you could have one day might have just thought nothing of it. But on that day, for some reason, it triggered you I, just, I don't think it was just me I think everybody when he said it like everybody on the plane was like huh and we all just looked at each other and it was kind of like a collective is this okay mm. like yeah it was uh I mean obviously they wouldn't do it if it wasn't safe yeah if it was a toilet problem, they know what they, it was probably a light that wasn't on that should have been on. Like it could be anything so small, mm. but I think just being passengers that don't really know anything, we were all just a little bit like confused. 
Mm. And I think the confusion, the unknown again, it's it makes you nervous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of them. I don't think that was like maybe a main trigger because I do remember flying back from that island. And then from that island, I flew to Japan on a night flight and I was totally fine mm. on those. I think that was really the main one, but it was a one. And then a couple of weeks later, I flew, uh, no, it was probably a couple of months later, actually. I flew to Malaysia. From Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, I got, a, again, a smaller plane to one of the smaller islands. And this was a little bit more serious. So as we were taking off, we're in the air, we're climbing. All is fine. And then the plane dropped. Now I know air pockets, now I know, but air pockets aren't really a thing. So I don't know why we dropped, but we dropped and everybody on the plane screamed. And that I think is the moment where I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, 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 that's not okay. Mm. Again, the flight was only like an hour. I don't remember enjoying a flight since that one. So I mm. think that has really just set me back and just made me really uncomfortable again about flying. So I've gone from like loving flying, being okay with everything. Yes. To now all of a sudden, oh, my plane nearly fell out of the sky, which again does not happen. I know that's not a thing, but it felt like it was going to happen. Yeah. So, so let's just sort of unpick this a bit. So the interesting thing for me is that the feelings, what happened to you, even so logically, you know, there's no air pockets. You know that it, it can't drop, but it feels like it drops because it moves very quickly, changes altitude, whatever you want to call it. So your physical stuff is very real for you, but, you're, yeah. but you've still got the prior knowledge. So you're the most trained passenger probably on the flight, aren't you? You know, because you've, you've been cabin crew. So you kind of got these. But then again, if I think about my own crew training, there was a lot of stuff you just don't know. So, for example, I didn't didn't think about air pockets when I was trained you just just not something to come up it's only something you hear about when you start helping nervous flyers isn't it so yeah. you don't necessarily yeah. know everything yeah so your training just... is put the hot drinks away not mm. what the place you got you be. know the safety and you kind of know but you don't talk about things like when you talk about stages of flight it's almost like well you just you're too busy working to think about it aren't you yeah okay so this is interesting yeah. keep going yeah so yeah so that happened and I do remember being on the island that I went to and I was on this island by myself. So I had a lot of time to think because there was mm. nothing on this island. And I remember being nervous about flying back to the mainland. Yes. Um, and I hadn't felt like that before. Flew back to the mainland, had some time there. And I remember then I started and I, I regret this, like to this day, I regret this because I know this is part of my own downfall. I started researching all the airlines uh -oh. I still had booked. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. People write the craziest things on TripAdvisor, whether they're true or not. Some of the stuff I read was crazy. There was a couple of airlines as well, especially in that region of sort of Southeast Asia, like Malaysia, or that sort of area there was a few airlines that made me uncomfortable after reading some reviews some safety aspects so I actually started cancelling flights losing money mm. on flights that like I I was like, I'm not flying with them there is no yeah. way I'm getting yes 
so I started changing some flights and I think from that moment that's when the fear was just ingrained like that was it I was terrified of every single flight mm. I took so how long um, ago was that sorry just to give us a sort of date line 2019 right okay so that's all um, within that year okay yeah yeah so pre pre-covid and everything so I remember we so then yeah from so when I went back to the mainland in Malaysia I was flying on Malaysian airlines mm. to in India I went to India with Malaysian Airlines now I remember the plane that went missing oh yeah something something else about me is although I have hated loved hated flying I love aviation mm. love it mm. so anything on the news about planes or anything like if I see airports or if there's anything on TV about airports I am obsessed like I love I love it it's just the actual flying bit that I'm not a fan of. So I remember reading so much about this uh, this Malaysian Airlines flight that, that disappeared. And there's actually a documentary on Netflix at the minute. I saw that, yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Watch it. It's actually really good. It's not really triggering, but obviously right. everyone. Right, Lindsay, you might have, you might have changed my mind. I don't, I don't generally watch anything on TV, any films, the only one I watched was the one about Sully landing into the Hudson because that was pretty true to the book. And then yeah. I thought that was fairly safe and someone had told me, but the, the rest of them I didn't watch. But I might take a risk with you. Yeah. Not that I'm not worried about flying, but I just I can't watch anything where if they tell you untruths, I get really annoyed and want to hit the telly. I'm surprised I can watch them. Being mm. somebody who really is an anxious flyer now, but I can watch things like that and it it doesn't it doesn't affect me or make me worse in any way. It's just like as far as I you know. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Mm. Anyway, going back. Yeah, so sorry. I remember no no no. I remember being on this Malaysian Airlines flight to India and it was the worst flight I've ever been on in my life from my own personal perspective. I clarify. Was, so the plane was fine, the flight was fine. Obviously, you made it from A to B safely. But me as a person, I was like... A All right. Pop. So, okay, your experience of it was not My experience right. was awful. I was crying most of the time. There was a lady sitting next to me. She actually started trying to comfort me and talk to me because she could see how, how much I was working myself up. I couldn't eat food. Like, they served me my meal. I was like, I can't have this. I even yeah. asked them to take it away from me yeah. because I was feeling so... So I was on one of the galley seats. So, you know, the mm. seat with like extra leg room. Yeah. I had quite a lot of space around me, but I was just like, I need this stuff out of my out mm. of my way. I, I can't have it here. It was, yeah. it was a lot. Anyway, made it to India. Again, didn't really think about it for the time that I was there. And then I had to fly to Sri Lanka. Similar thing happened again, but it was a shorter flight. So I wasn't as anxious and i i think because it was maybe a different airline my brain was like oh well this will be better because it's not that particular airline which is stupid i know but then i remember flying from sri lanka i think i went back to malaysia actually and that flight was basically a five-hour panic attack on a plane mm. that was the worst one and i remember getting off the flight just feeling so exhausted yeah, and surprised. so drained. Like mm. it wasn't an early morning flight. So I hadn't been up at the crack of dawn. It 
wasn't an unpleasant it was actually quite a nice flight like it was a nice airline the crew had obviously seen there was something wrong with me and kept checking on me which I thought was nice but I was so anxious the whole flight I couldn't watch tv I couldn't watch a movie so that five hours must have felt like forever it was honestly it was one of the worst experiences of Mm. my whole life like it Mm. was really terrible and that's when I was starting to question what how am I going to keep traveling if I can't fly like this I can't get on planes and feel like this every time because it's really ruining my experience so you are somebody that likes to travel a lot I'm guessing so yeah, I love travel. And I'm also somebody who never lets anything that they're scared of mm. stop them doing something. But I was now at a point where so, I can't do this. Like, I, yes. I can't. Yeah, This is not good for me at all. So I think then once, so when I was back at, I was heading back to Malaysia because I was meeting my mum and we were going to an island on the other side of the country that I hadn't been to before for like her She was coming to meet me for two weeks. So I decided when, before she arrived, that I was actually then going to book a flight home because I needed a break from traveling um, and I didn't want to fly by myself. So I would fly home with her. Mm. So I remember we flew, she flew Emirates. So yeah, we went via Dubai again, back to the UK. And I remember crying on takeoff and she was like, you weren't kidding. You're really scared. (laughs) Like She was shocked how different I was. Mm. flown with me and she she's not scared of flying like it's, it's weird actually nobody in my life is afraid of flying so whenever I fly with people they will try and comfort you as best they can but and I'm sure other people from the group will kind of relate to this they don't get it no like they they don't understand like they can say, oh, stop being silly or you're fine. Helpful, yeah. It'll be all right. Look at me, I'm not scared. Like, really helpful stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. I get it, but it's not fine for us. Like, yeah. it's horrible. So I went back to the UK for a short break. And then I actually had plans to come to Dubai because I had a course booked, which I was going to do and spend my birthday with some friends. And that's how I ended up living in Dubai because I never left. just stayed here Um, and yeah my flying um, anxiety has stayed and I would now consider myself a really nervous flyer again obviously we then had COVID so nobody flew anywhere for quite some time Mm. and I think the next time I flew I can't remember if I went home first I think I went on holiday first but I can't remember where I went (laughs) but I flew Oh, we went to Greece just as COVID was ending um, and we flew with Wizz Air. So we went um, on a budget airline from Fly Wizz Air from Abu Dhabi. And I was very nervous, very nervous. I think as well, not doing it for so long, Mm. maybe made it a little bit, I wouldn't say worse because it got pretty bad at the end there, but it wasn't great. And I think as well, because the airport was always the best part for me and everything was still closed and weird. I didn't like that either. And it was just, it was just. It's like some sort of zombie attack, wasn't it? Like, you know, it would be yeah, it was so bizarre, <laughs> so bizarre. But, you know, like I said, I'm never going to let it stop me going places because that's just not who I am. I will always, mm. I will always still face my fears. Yeah. 
I became cabin crew when I was scared of flying. So going on holiday is, you know, yes, simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I came back from Greece on that holiday. And then I think I flew back to the UK later that year. So that was like my first longer flight in a while. And I got back from on that. That was, uh, my boyfriend actually upgraded me to business on that flight to the UK. He was like, if you're flying by yourself, you know, you need some support mm. is some points upgrade. And that does, that did help, but obviously we can't all afford to fly business all the time, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, now I decided that it was time to kind of, you know, what can I do mm. to help? with this because I used to love flying and I want to be the person that loves flying again. I want to yeah. be the person that's not phased by anything. Mm. Delays, what airline I'm flying on, what seat I'm sitting in, like all those, all those things, they come into my brain now. So I think it was just before my holiday last summer that I started thinking like, what can I do? I thought about hypnotherapy. I thought about, you know, self-help books. Is there anything else? Mm. And I saw somebody I follow on Instagram post about a podcast to help with anxious feelings around flying. I can't remember if it was the Love Fly podcast that she posted, but I then started looking for podcasts and found the Love Fly podcast. Mm. And that's how I found the Love Fly podcast. Now you're on it. And now I'm on the podcast and a fully fledged member of the group. But it honestly, like, is one of the best things I found. Like, mm. it well, that's nice. was all I listened to for about a month before my holiday last summer. And it really, really did help. I flew to Zanzibar from Dubai on a 737 MAX, which... Mm is one of the planes that gets a lot of talk in the group because of certain things that have happened in the past. It would have made me extremely nervous if I hadn't have had the podcast to listen to, the people to talk to in the group, seen other people's experiences. Yes. I still feel anxious when I fly, but I'm definitely not as bad as I used to be. Definitely not. I will, I think I actually posted after that first flight to Zanzibar and I think I tagged Love Flight and I was like, I can't believe I just did like this flight. Yeah, it yeah, was... we made it, I think we made it an inspiring post. If someone puts a post like that, they put a little picture in there, it, that's straight into the inspiring post category, yeah. I was amazed and my boyfriend was amazed as well. He was like, I can't believe how good you were compared to the last time we flew. Yeah. You were like a different person. Mm. Um, I did sleep quite a lot because it was, I think our flight was at like 3 a.m. So I hadn't been to sleep. But no, it was, it was such a difference. So then I amazing. spent, yeah, it is amazing, honestly. And I listened to so many podcasts before I came and I was like, yeah, whatever, this is never going to work. And it, it just did. It really did. How? How the hell does it work then? I have no idea. I think... Firstly, knowing that there's so many other people that think the same things that I think is so mm. reassuring. Like, yeah. I don't feel stupid. I don't feel, I was going to say I don't feel irrational, but I still know my fear is irrational because I can rationalize everything. 
but I think I understand what I'm thinking more. So like the way that you and people in the podcast have spoken about catastrophizing your thoughts. Yes. I 100% do that every time. It's like, I'm not scared of the flying from A to B. Mm. I'm scared, oh, when we take off, the plane's going to explode. Yeah, so it's A, no B. You can't get much worse than that, right? That's like the biggest catastrophe ever. But that's that's my fear. Or we're so gonna that's have interesting, to- isn't it? Because that that would actually, I'd be okay with that because I wouldn't know anything about it. So it's I'm not sure I'm well, you know, I was hoping to go A to B. It didn't happen, but I didn't know anything <laughs> about it. I think I, that's all right. You know, that's not a bad way to go. Well, you know, if sure. you get to choose, you know, that's it's <laughs> not it's not on the menu. So, so you've shifted quite a bit by the sound of it, which is really good to hear. Yeah, there's definitely been a big shift. I still struggle for sure. And I think one thing I really need to work on more is when I go somewhere, you get distracted by where you are. And I've heard other people say this as well. So you're having a great holiday. You forget everything. I've done it. I've made it. Oh, now I need to fly home. Oh, crap. Go back. And we've done no work and now we're getting <laughs> on the plane. And for me, flying back is quite often worse mm. because I'm not as excited to go somewhere new. So I think the the fear can be more prominent than the excitement of traveling. So I quite often feel worse on the way home. So I'm really conscious of not drinking too much coffee. Like if it's a, a when I fly back, I always book day flights. Don't like taking off in the dark although I sleep a bit more, <laughs> but I don't like, I worry more when it's a night flight. I flew literally a couple of weeks ago and this time on the way home, I just I was quite anxious before we flew back. Like I was really quite tearful all morning and I decided to tell the crew. I've never told the crew before. I always just feel like they don't really care or I'm just going to be a burden. So Honestly, this is an ex-cabin crew person. Okay, just, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling them they don't care. Well, I didn't care when I did it. Is that what you're saying? Nobody ever told me they were nervous. No. So that's because you didn't look like you didn't care. You know, they probably thought I was put, no point telling her. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. It was wasn't, it wasn't really on your radar then either, though, was it? Let's be honest. Yeah, you know? It wasn't. So I probably didn't even notice if someone was nervous as well. But also, I think we hide it quite well. Well, I know I do. Like, I. I'll full on cry during takeoff. I have no issue with that. People around me must be like, oh my God, is she okay? Whilst mm. I'm like filming for my Instagram out of the window, like completely fake what you don't see on the other side of that camera. But to the crew, if they're like, are you okay? It's always, yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine. I could be having a complete meltdown, but no, no, I'm fine. Always get emotional about takeoffs. <laughs> don't oh, mind me. <laughs> I'm like, right, landing doesn't It's a moment of commitment though, isn't it? You know, so it's for a lot of people. Yeah, I think hearing you say that to some other people quite often I think that's exactly what it is like mm. this is it I'm, I'm here I'm stuck on this plane like this is it but yeah I told the crew this time started getting upset whilst I was telling her and oh she was amazing she was so lovely she bought me some biscuits so if you ever want some free biscuits just tell someone you're scared of flying so, even if you're not yeah. even if you're not get some free biscuits I think biscuits she aren't to- guaranteed though let's be honest well yeah no it's not I don't want to overpromise. There's no guarantee of biscuits. <laughs> you might just get some crackers instead. Yeah, but I think she must have told another crew member, and that crew member also kept checking on me. They asked oh, if I wanted really to do it. 
it was really nice. And to be honest, after the takeoff, I was completely fine. Have any turbulence? I was quite happy watching my films. We had dinner. Like landing isn't a problem, so I was completely fine. But it's just it was nice to know that somebody was there to check on me, just in case yeah. I wasn't like yeah. my boyfriend to check on me. But you know, he was probably asleep or something. So yeah. So that is that is basically my story. In well, a that's nutshell. a good story. That's a great story. So a couple of things then. So the student which so the we'll talk about the irrational rational thing. I want to re talk about that again. The other thing is the return flights being worse. I think that's a really interesting one. Let's do that. Let's do it reversal. So the I've said I might have said this in the past, but we used to get when I worked for an airline, most of the most of our complaints tended to be return flights from passengers who aren't nervous. Because of some of the factors you've said that they, you know, they're coming back, they haven't got quite the desire to go. So the the journey on the way out, whilst a pain in the butt, you can kind of go, well, we've got the exciting thing at the end. But the journey back, although it's nice to come home and everything, you just want to get home enough already. You know, it's like I could just press the button and zap myself there. So people who aren't scared will have that. So that's so often people feel like, and also night flights when we're often tired bit cranky we could be on a different time zone our body is and all of these things throw up extra reasons to feel anxious even without being scared of flying so it's not surprised to me that you kind of plump for day flight I like day flights personally as well because I just feel I get off and I feel tired from traveling but I don't feel like I'm, I'm all over the place with my body clock whereas a night flight completely throws me because you like lose a night's sleep so you land yeah. feeling even more crap don't you so so I think that's quite quite sensible. And the other thing I thought about was when you talked about, I know it's irrational and it's and there's quite a lot of stuff written about this. So two of the professors that came onto the podcast talk about it. And, and in their research, they classify it as irrational because of the risk level is so low. That's actually irrational. But I'm not so sure, you see. So I've often said it's an incorrect risk assessment, which you would have heard me say. But I've, as I've thought about it more and more and speak to more people about it, I think there is something, you know, it's I think it's it's completely understandable to be fearful of something that's so weird, isn't it? You know, I like think in 100 years, uh, you know, we haven't evolved and yet we're able to jump into the air in a big tin tube thing, yeah. uh, composite, sorry, not tin, and fly around at 500 miles an hour at altitudes we couldn't normally breathe at. I mean, there's... So it makes sense to me to be unsure of it. You know, that's like a natural thing. So this rational, irrational thing, I'm not where I'm not sure where I stand on it now. I know what the, the professors say, but I wonder if it's actually just not helpful to even classify it either way, because it's like it almost like give yourself another kicking. You know, so I know I'm being irrational, but yeah, it, it does, what difference does it make whether it's rational, irrational? I just don't like it. It doesn't matter. Someone else putting that judgment onto it almost makes it feel like we get another reason to beat ourselves up. That's just yeah. my take on it for what it's worth. I feel like because I think I use that more because I know the rational side of flying. I understand the logic, the physics, the safety things. I know everything is safe. I know mm. we're getting mm. it from A. I know a hundred thousand people in the city that I live in fly every day. Like 
there's one of the busiest airports in the world 40 minutes down the road from me. But my particular flight, oh no, that's gonna be that's gonna be terrible. That's yes. gonna be the worst thing it's ever. It's been singled out. Yeah, completely. Completely. <laughs> I'm going to sit at the back of the plane. It's going to be terrible. If I sat at the front of the plane, I'd probably have had more luck. No, you're right. It is irrational. Take, I take all that back. Yeah. <laughs> you're off your head. Like, uh, that's so... why I feel like it's irrational because my head knows, like, all the good, positive, safe. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, the other part of my brain or my heart or my or my gut is like, ah, no, hi, you're wrong. So I think that's a nice, that's a nice way to think about it is just that, uh, Rather than sort of label, you know, if I may say, because I feel great for you telling your story. Now I'm giving you advice and you didn't ask for any. I think it might be more helpful to think of it like that. So like one part of me feels like that and the other part of me doesn't. That's that's that makes more sense because, you know, we've got more evolved parts of our brains and more basic, like fearful parts. Yeah. And it's that sort of the interplay between the two. And I, th- I think that people who aren't scared of flying are either never thought about it. Or secondly, they're using their sort of rational brain to soothe the parts of their more primeval brain, you know. I think that's what might be going on. But you're just kind of sensitive to both at the moment. You've sort of got that, like a seesaw thing. You're in the middle of it, kind of seeing both of them. (laughs) Which one's going to go today? I do have quite... I mean, I am an anxious person, generally. I would say I have generalised anxiety. I'm anxious about driving. I'm anxious about being Mm. a passenger. Like there's Has that a few always things- been the case? No, I do actually think it's been worse the last sort of, as I get older, especially like the last maybe three to five years, I would say yeah. it's really developed. Well, that's quite my- normal. Well, driving here as well is not quite the same as driving in the UK. So, <laughs> yes, I've heard, I've heard that. I've never driven over there, but I've heard that it's uh, it's an interesting experience. I wonder as well, like if it's a bit of a control thing, like I'm very much someone who does like to be in control. So mm. like with the driving thing, I can drive myself and other people and not worry whatsoever. But if I'm a passenger, I'm all over the place. Like I don't like it at all. I'm I'm the, I'm the annoying girlfriend that breaks with the non-brake pedal with your foot and I'll watch that car that's 50 miles ahead of us. And yeah, you sound I'm like not- a great, great company. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I'm just taking the mic. But, yeah, so I think that's quite that's quite normal, actually. I, think, I often find that people who confess to the control thing will say, I don't like being a passenger in the car. And, and I wonder if many people do. Yeah. You know, like whether it's actually... the it's more normal than we give ourselves credit for because we expect to be so perfect and together all the time that you know, I don't like being a passenger in a car very often. There's only a couple of people that I like that when they drive. Um, but there are several people when I drive in the car with them, I don't relax, you know, and, and others I'm not braking. So it could be something about the person. It could be the scenario. It could be just that you're a nightmare regardless. In the nicest possible way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> I said, come I, on the podcast, get insulted. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm not listening to any more of those. Load of rubbish. I was, I was expecting it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I did actually, just to throw another, mm. another edge to my story. So last year, I think it was after the successful flight, I was well into the podcasts. I was starting to post quite a lot in the group. 
I flew a plane myself. Ooh. I keep forgetting I did this, which still blows my mind a little bit. Yes, so, I remember the video. Yeah. So I... She looked like sheer delight. I remember that now. It was like... I can remember how I found it or why I decided yeah. it, but I did. Again, this is another face your fears in the most dramatic way possible. Mm. So there's a little private uh, airport not far from here where you can do, what do they call them? Are they initiation flights? Yeah, trial flights or something. Initiation flight, they're, yeah, they call them something. Um, so you can pay to basically go up in this tiny little plane. It's not even like a like a Cessna plane. I know Gita was talking about her private mm. plane recently. It's a little bit smaller, I think, than a Cessna. One propeller on the front, fixed wing. Mine was red, so it literally looked like a little red toy plane. And you go up in uh, in this plane with the pilot. Helpful. And then, yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> best to have someone there that knows what they're I like, doing. I like that, yeah. I'm a bit, a bit of a stickler for that. <laughs> they will just give the controls to you and you fly the plane. And mm. I think I was still on a real high from coming back from my holiday where I'd had such a great flight experience and I was like, we need to keep this ball rolling. So I decided to do this flight and it was amazing. It yeah. was so good. I think actually I'd listened to a podcast episode with Captain Chris and I think maybe he put the idea in my head. I think he was talking about people becoming pilots and they start with like a flight just to test how it feels, to see if you like it. I think that's maybe where I got the idea. So off I went, so easily influenced. But it was incredible. It was such a good thing. I, actually, I need to do it again because I said I was going to do it so frequently yeah. and it was going to help yeah. me. And I haven't done it since. So I need to... I need. Did to it help it. you at the time? I remember taking off and being really excited. Mm. Even though I was in a tight, I don't fly in small planes. I, I will not fly in a plane that is not commercial aviation, like the smallest Airbus, two lanes, one aisle. That's the smallest plane I will fly on. I'm not getting on a plane if it's got propellers. And it's funny because we were in Zanzibar airport about to fly home. And obviously you've got all the little prop planes that fly from mainland Africa to this island. And I was like, you will never get me on a prop plane. Three weeks later, I'm flying my own prop plane. Like, oh. now if anyone hasn't seen that, I remember that now. You, you reminded me. It was one of those ones which this hopefully doesn't sound weird, but I replayed your video many times because I and I said to a friend of mine, John, who's in the group, I just said, if you want to see what pure joy looks like, look at this video because your face, when you look round, is just incredulous and you literally are beaming. And I, that's why I played it several times. I just thought, well, this is somebody just having just such fun, you know, or such delight. It was, it was, uh, like, it was amazing. Like how a normal person can fly a plane. Like mm. wasn't even something that crossed my mind a few weeks before that. Yeah. But here I am doing it. And it was so easy to do. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm flying around, you know, turning around the buildings and landing and taking off and stuff. But, and there's a lot of, I mean, I was frozen, so much concentration. Do not move the line. Do not move the line. Yeah, it was it was incredible. 
Complete transparency though, I will say after we'd been up there for about 20 minutes, half an hour. So the route that they fly is literally along the coastline of the country. And as you get further north, you then approach the mountains. So there's quite a lot of air currents yeah, and things. Yeah. So as the day, I think it was still quite hot. So as the weather warms up in the morning, the hot air then starts. Mm. It wasn't the smoothest flight. After about half an hour, I was getting quite uncomfortable with sort of the bumps, even though I knew we were really safe. We weren't particularly high. You know, you can open the door quite easily if anything was to happen. But I was a bit like anxious. and I was looking forward to going back to land. So yes. again, I need to do more so that I get more used to it. And it's not a case of just, oh, I fly planes now and I'm cured and everything's great because everything is still very yeah. much a yeah no i'm really pleased because i got the sense that you'd made some progress but you're not not where you want to be yet and i like stories like that because then there's a chance that we can have a, a Lindsay part two you know when you're further along you know because i quite i like those before and after type things although you're you're well along the way now you're not the before you're at the during stage yeah definitely during there's uh my personal end goal is to be completely cured, mm. to love flying mm. again, to have mm. no anxiety. And it may sound unrealistic to some people. And I know some people say, oh, I don't think you can ever be cured. I think you'll always have it. I have been cured. Mm. I've done it before. I know mm. I can do it again. It's just rationalizing having the tools having the people and doing the work to get there so that's well, certainly that's doing that that's really good so, <laughs> so have, you, have you got a point yeah have you got a point in the future where you're thinking i'm going to get there by or are you are you being kind of like emergent see what happens i'm very much being gentle with myself i don't fly regularly enough to mm. give myself and i'm still very much a which plane am I flying on? Where am I going to sit person? When I booked our flights, I think I posted in the group as well, like, should I sit in the back or should I sit in the middle? Like it was. I remember that one. <laughs> it was a thing like, and I sat at the back and guess what? It was fine. And actually it was quite nice because the cabin was so big and we were right at the back. So we had so much room. So yeah, it doesn't matter where you sit on the plane. It's fine. So I'd like I think my next goal would be to not really care about where I sit or which plane I'm flying on when I fly. Okay, that's a quite um, that's quite a reasonable sort of next step as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel when I fly Emirates I'm a lot less anxious. I just but I've always always preferred them as an airline previous loyalties but I just feel safer when I'm on their planes <laughs> I don't know it's again it's not rational in my head well it's familiarity isn't it I'm, I'm more comfortable they're bigger planes you know some of them yeah they're, they're not brand new anymore but I'm just I'm more comfortable mm. it's familiar to me I know where things are the crew look familiar I know that they're going in and out of where I live regularly it's it's a comfort thing so I yeah. need to push myself out of that comfort zone a little bit yeah that makes sense so a couple of questions then you know what's coming a bit of wisdom or anything you'd like to share like any advice if you had to sort of sum up and secondly i'm curious as well what your next sort of steps are in terms of 
beating the fear. Buy some pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Um, no pressure. Some gold, I please. Yeah. I think just, I know people doubt themselves and they doubt their journey and they mm. question whether they will ever, there's a plane flying over me right now, <laughs> whether they will ever be able to fly comfortably. My words of advice would just be believe in yourself, keep doing the work with the podcasts and whatever else works for you, the, the checklist, the water thing, tips and tricks and, you know, our bag of goodies that we have. Whatever works for you works for you, but just give yourself some credit and, you know, you could you could sit there one day saying, I can't get on this plane and then tomorrow you could be flying the plane. So be that person that flies the plane. Nice. Like that one. That's good. That's my advice. Anything is possible. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's very good. That's that would be a good place to finish the podcast. But I'm actually also curious. What what's your next what's your next steps? Just keep listening to all the wonderful people in this community, connecting in the Facebook group. I feel like sometimes I write a little bit too much in the group, but then I'm like, no, do you know what? There that's is good. I like connecting with all the people in the group and relating to everyone. So I, that honestly it really helps me. The mm. podcast is probably one of my biggest tools when I'm on a flight if I feel nervous or anxious at the time I stick a podcast in and it just instantly calms me down like just wow. hearing the familiarity of all the voices one of my favorite episodes is uh Captain Emma there's something about her voice that just yeah she's great isn't she love love that episode that she did first or the second one she did two I think it was the first mm, that's all right I'm just curious yeah because i was going to ask you actually if there's a particular podcast that you recommend so you like the one with captain emma so there's two with captain emma yeah. anybody else there was somebody i listened to recently on the flight home and you know i've completely forgotten her name i want to say amanda but i don't know if that's correct what was She's... the what did she talk about she was at a point where she also wanted to just beat her fear of flying. She did some trial flights with a friend around a local airport. She spoke about, she used to talk to Gina quite a lot, but Gina doesn't really post in the group much anymore. It was quite a recent episode because mm. I listened to it. And obviously Gita is wonderful. Her energy is amazing. And it was funny when I flew that plane she actually messaged me and was like hey I'm doing my license and I was like that's amazing um <laughs> there was a time where I wanted to do I was looking at doing it too but I'm not in a position for for that yeah. at the moment but maybe in the future so yeah I find her yeah. really inspiring yeah she's she is amazing and I don't know how she finds the time to contribute wow. so much and uh there are a lot there are quite a few people who do a lot because I can see obviously the stats yeah. But Gita is still the most prolific contributor at the moment, which is just ph phenomenal, really. I don't know what we, if she left the group, we'd have to close it. I don't know what we'd do. We'd, we'd have to do some work then. Yeah. So. Keeping it alive. No, but you all do. I mean, it's everyone doing a little bit is what makes it so active. And that was always the plan when we started it, you know, and it was just a sort of an idea. And to see it growing now, I think we're up to just coming up to 1.7, which is amazing really isn't it you know i know there are bigger groups out there and all the rest of it but we've we've been careful tried to carefully let people in and make sure that they're not 
lot of that because I can't be doing with when people's particularly sensationalized stuff, you know, like I want the questions so we can answer it. But I was really worried that it might get people that didn't want to beat their fear that just come in and just sort of make everybody else feel worse. And yeah. so we've just been, that's the thing I watch out for. Because I'd hate that to happen where people, well, I don't mind people, people can ask anything they like because that's the, you know, that's the whole point, isn't it? You know, sometimes it might be, you don't want to read it, but, but I used to have that on fear of flying courses all the time. They'd say I was all right. till I started talking to that person. I hadn't even thought about that thing to be scared of. So, but this is what the point of it is. Let's get it all out, you know? So keep yeah. doing what you're doing, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank so if you anyone so wants much. to follow you, it's, the life of Lindsay. The life yeah. of Lindsay. Yeah, that's right. I know. I know. We do follow you. I just, I because you post so many exotic pictures. I was like, <laughs> is this a person that's just flying all the time? What's she doing in the group? You know, is she, is she secretly like a pilot? You know, I couldn't work out what your story was. So that's really interesting for me. And and I and I really applaud the effort that you've done to get to where you are. You know, you beat it once have then it's dipped again and now you're back on the way out i think it's it's very inspiring thank you honestly i don't think i would have made so much progress without the group and without the podcast and all the tips and everything so thank you to you and to everybody in the group like honestly like you're my people and i will continue to contribute as much as possible i know heart shapes (laughs) (laughs) we had to we had to do the the audio description then because obviously it was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one's going to see it on a podcast yeah it's my favorite emoji <laughs> well th- Lindsay, thank you so much for your time really appreciate it and do let us know keep posting uh, we want to see the pictures still that's amazing and if there's anything we can do to help and you want to come back when you're further along and tell us what how you're doing it you know it's really interesting that people you know to see people's progress uh, and the same applies to you so we'd love to love to hear you from you again when you're further along but yeah keep doing what you're doing so i think it's just very impressive thank you yeah thanks Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you found it useful. Now, as always, if you need any extra help, please join our Love Fly Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram at Love Fly Help. And also, if you go to our website, which is lovefly.co.uk forward slash shop, you can see other ways that you can get some help.